The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Are bugs ruining your evenings outside? Do you want to reclaim your yard from those pesky bugs? Well, Mosquito Marshals is here to help, to let their customers and their families enjoy living outside again. At Mosquito Marshals, their top priority is to keep their customers bite-free by providing the best mosquito control services in the industry. The goal is simple, to protect their customers' homes and businesses from mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and they stand by their results. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll respray your yard for free. But how do I know this? Because I have firsthand experience. Mosquito marshals rode out to my house and sprayed my yard. Took them no time, and I haven't seen a mosquito since. And trust me, I'm just like you. In quarantine, all me and my daughters can do is go outside, ride a bike, play some ping pong in the garage. Don't let a mosquito mess up your good time. No, schedule your appointment today. You can give them a call at 662-715-1818. That's 662-715-1818. Or visit Mosquito Marshalls online at mosquitomarshalls.com. Mosquito Marshalls, serving Oxford, Batesville, Water Valley, New Albany, Pontotoc, wherever you are, they'll come to you. Mosquito Marshalls. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. So we're going to open up the mailbag, answer your Ole Miss or non-Ole Miss questions in just a little bit. But first, Colin, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm all right. I'm all right. I uh, I watched a NASCAR race yesterday, so that's that's the point of quarantine that we're at. I got into a NASCAR race. We're we're trudging along though. I'm not that deep down into my non-sports depression to watch NASCAR. <laughs> I got into it. I got into it, but uh, yeah, it's man. I I, I got to have some baseball. Something. Something's got to give. I'm I'm struggling at this point. It feels like today that there is hope for all sports. Actually, not just. Yeah. NASCAR being back in UFC, but college football had players return to campuses. Ole Miss specifically had some 70 players return to campus today. No newcomers were in town. Um, they report later, but you're starting to see the football team come back. Major League Baseball appears to be making some semblance of progress. Don't know if it's going to result in anything fruitful, but at least they're making some form of progress. The NBA could be going to the wide, wide world of sports in Orlando to finish their season. Just a lot of positive development. So I'm encouraged. Yeah, yeah. It feels like, uh, man, it feels a whole lot better than it did a month and a half ago, right? Which obviously, but um, feels like there's more positivity going around about, you know, the pandemic we're in. And, and from a sports perspective, man, we all need it. I mean, um, I was excited when the NHL kind of broke the ice to be able to see, you know, see a return to action and something was uh was great you know the premier league and the la liga is coming back and i know nobody probably that listening to us cares about that but i do think it's important for us to see how that kind of goes over in in the realm of how america is going to return to sports life as far as old miss today what happened was they started their full week of testing education on how the student athletes the players themselves will go about their different routines in the face of covid19 of course, which is the virus that has halted sports for months 
as the outbreak grew into a full-scale pandemic. So that's what they're doing. When they actually start their strength and conditioning program, I think it's set for June 8th. Now, not everybody will be in town. And I saw a sign on the window as you enter the weight room in the Manning Center. No more than 25 players in there and no more than five coaches. So all of these different preventative measures or whatever they are, they're taking care of the players, making sure that they're healthy. Because at the end of the day, and we've talked about this before, when they start, because they're going to start, you just can never stop. Because if you stop, man, it might not come back for a year. Yep, yep. Feels like in a way that uh, college football is going to be the guinea pig, right? Because the MLB and the uh, the NBA and the NFL, to an extent, can go without fans. I don't think college football can. So I think I'll ask you this: this is this is a fun topic. Do you think a college football game is the first time we see fans in stands in an American sporting event? No, I think Major League Baseball is going to have some fans. I don't think they're going to have full capacity. I don't think any sporting event is going to have full capacity this year. Okay. But I could see Major League Baseball, the Major League Baseball Players Association coming together and allowing, what, 15,000 fans in the stadium? Okay. I can see that. I think college football is going to allow maybe 50% capacity. Does Ole Miss stagger tickets? And not just Ole Miss. Does the university stagger tickets so that there's distance in between fans and now fans aren't in their same seats? Or how do you think that works? Probably no more than two people to a particular area. Okay. Something like okay. that. But I will tell you this. Season ticket holders are going to be the ones that get into the stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so absolutely. if you're a season ticket holder and you want to make some money this fall, <laughs> maybe you don't want to go to that game that generally uh, nobody else wants to go to. You're going to make some money off of it because some Ole Miss fans will otherwise not be able to see an Ole Miss football game in person this year unless they go to that game. But before we really get going here on Talk of Champions, let me tell you briefly about Impact by Ironwood, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. But sports are coming back, and that's encouraging. I really hope that baseball figures it out because I need my baseball. If it's only 50 games, so be it. A lot of pushback to that. It was a report from Jeff Passan of ESPN. The counter for Major League Baseball to the MLBPA was effectively, we'll prorate your salary. It's still like a 70% cut for these players and their salaries. Yeah, but the owners are crying poor. It's, it's insane. Again, the biggest grift in sports ever was owners in baseball, football, whatever, whatever league that you prefer, getting fans on their side and demonizing or making villains out of the players. It's insane. Do you think it's because people look at players like they're normal human beings and look at owners like they're the elite? Because I feel like that's the why, that's why people have such a gripe with players. I don't get it at all, but it's been that way for so long. Back in the 90s when the Major League Baseball players went on strike, I remember my mother hating Tom Glavin because he led the MLBPA. <laughs> and so I grew up thinking Tom Glavin was a bad dude. And that was my favorite team. Still my favorite team, the Atlanta Braves. And I used to think that, oh, Tom Glavin, he's a bad guy, but John Smoltz, Greg Maddox, they're the good guys. Makes no sense, but I want to have baseball. If it's only 50 games, that's almost like no longer, maybe a little bit shorter than spring training. So be it. I just want some baseball. I just want sports in general. The NFL, it's best suited to return with or without fans, but college football, it's going to come back, and it's going to have fans, but how many fans? But you've seen LSU come out with a plan to reopen. Arkansas come out with a plan to reopen. Ole Miss has players back to campus on Monday, started testing them, temperature checks, COVID tests all that stuff, the social distancing. They've lined off the team meeting room in the Manning Center. They've got sanitizing stations posted up all across the indoor track. They're going to start getting this phased in. What it looks like, though, in the fall, no one knows, but at least you're starting to take steps. I'm curious from a media standpoint if there's going to be any in-person interviews. If you made me guess, absolutely not. Zoom calls are just as effective or conference calls that you do where you call into a number and you talk to the coach. Now, no one listening to this podcast really cares about that, but as far as coverage and us giving 
you the information from the coaches, the players, and whoever, whoever you might be um, paying attention to on a given day, we have to have contact with them. And I think what we're going to get is conference calls. So now those media post-game get-togethers are going to change fundamentally. You weren't at the game. You have to be there ready for the post-game press conference via teleconference. And I'm game for it. But it's going to be so different. And then in a year from now, what is the whole landscape going to look like? And what stuff sticks that we've gotten used to through the COVID months-long process? Look, I've struggled with this through this whole process. I struggled to talk about three months from now because I, you know, we didn't know what it was going to look like three months ago. You know, uh, three months ago we didn't we were living life as normal. So, um, you know, look, it, I'm interested to see how things change this year, and then, like you said, if those remain intact throughout the the next 365 days. So for Ole Miss. What's the biggest storyline? Now that there's sports starting to phase in in some way, what is the biggest storyline you're paying attention to this week? Let me ask this because I, I should have done a better job than I have, and I'll admit that. There can be no footballs involved, right? Right. Who's in shape, I guess? Like, are we going to know that? Um, I do think some guys have a rude awakening, and it's not necessarily their fault. Um, but I just think I think we're being naive. We think all these kids over the past three months have just stayed in tip-top shape. Most of them haven't. <laughs> Most of them are kids, and when they went home, they just dicked around. Yeah, Devontae yeah. Schuler worked out. He created his own gym, I think attached in his garage to his house with a friend of his, and he stayed in shape. That's good. Yeah, I think that yeah, he's more likely an outlier compared to the other ones. Now, not to say that they aren't as committed, but they're kids. So what are you going to yeah. do? If you got a bunch yeah. of free time, you're not having to do any school or any commitments to football? Yeah, I'm going to screw around, man. I'm going to go out there chasing girls, go to the bar, the question is, how can you regulate these kids? How can you, often do you have to test these kids to ensure that they're okay, knowing that they're going to do kid things? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, are we really going to think these kids aren't going to go to the library that is now open um, or Funkies or wherever your bar of choice? Uh, the graduate, You've been out really, the square lately, haven't you? Yeah, I was out there Friday and Saturday. How was it? I don't know. It's a little eerie because – the masks that everyone wears and they should wear. I'm, I'm a fan of, it's just, it's, it's such a weird feeling. Um, I think we're close to returning to normal. We can argue whether that's good or not. Uh, but it, it, for some reason, Friday and Saturday, I've been in Oxford a lot. It felt like as close to normal as we've been in a long, long time. That's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. The problem is, are we testing enough? Do we know enough information? I just don't want it to ravage the entire country again. It's about how we get back to normal so that it doesn't come back so quickly. And I'm just glad to see today, because we're recording on a Monday night, there were steps towards that, which was encouraging and kind of covered it all. But it was neat to see players come back. And I don't know what comes next. What happens when a kid actually tests positive for this? Because it's going to happen. It's going to yes. happen. So what happens? They're going to isolate them. They're going to quarantine them. Will that be enough? The hope is to have Shannon Singletary, who's kind of leading the way for Ole Miss on this, on the podcast on Thursday. We'll see. But at least it was cool to see them come back. Because then you're starting to see, oh, God, it's not going to be this never-ending thing. Eventually, we're going to get all of our normal self stuff back. But right now, it's going to be phased in, and we're just going to have to accept the baby steps. Yeah, absolutely agree. And, you know, it was funny, um, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, in just a second. Everyone was losing their minds over not losing their minds. That's not the right word about Lovett and Jones uh, going to Florida state over the weekend. I just thought, you know, usually this time of year, they're losing their minds over Mike Bianco, leaving a pitcher in too long. It's funny how things work. The biggest self own ever that Mississippi state fans are celebrating the fact that Jerry and Jones <laughs> and Fabian Lovett aren't going to be Ole Miss rebels. You lost two starters off of a team. That's not going to be particularly good. That wanted to go to your rival program. That wanted to go there. And we'll get into it a little bit because I'm sure we've got questions in the mailbag. But my God, you care more about Ole Miss not getting your players than losing your players. <laughs> this is nuts. Oh, man. Absolutely nuts. And Steve Robertson perpetuates it. Worry about your own house. Ole Miss wasn't even factoring these kids in until a month ago. But my God, it's all about mutual destruction. It doesn't matter if Mississippi State is good as long as Ole Miss isn't good. Just get over it. Stop yeah. acting with this weird inferiority complex. Handle your own business. Clean up your own house. And shut up. 
And most of us who cover this program don't care about Mississippi State. I do not think about Mississippi State unless I have to. And while that might sound like bull to you, it's the truth. And the reason why it sounds like bull to you is because you're so far up your own ass, you can't accept the real truth about it because other people aren't insane like you. So shut up, do your job, and stop worrying about Ole Miss. I'm not trying to harm you. I don't care about you. Go worry about your life. It's time for the mailbag. But before we get to the mailbag... Let's hear from Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy. We're all doing whatever we can to survive quarantine, right? It can be tough. We're making purchases to keep our sanity, to keep us happy. Maybe you're going on Amazon, hitting add to cart, purchase. Maybe, just maybe, you're in the market for a new car. And if you are, I know the place you should go. The only place you should go. And that's Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Allen Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. But what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Allen Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. If I myself have not had a personal experience with any sponsor, they're not going to be on this podcast. And my longest relationship is with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Why? Because I can't say enough good things about Brian and Mason and the rest of the team. I don't like to haggle. I don't like to negotiate. I don't like the whole process of buying a car. With Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, you can avoid all of that. They're looking out for you. So give them a call today, 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, the only place to find your perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Self-isolation, quarantine, has brought about its own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, they've earned your trust. You can count on them. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization immunizations compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down. Give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays, you can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. We've all got our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Mail time. The mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Opening up the mailbag to a number of different questions. I asked for questions early in the morning on Monday. Took a little while to get started, but once it did, holy cow. <laughs> I got to learn that just because it gets started slow does not mean the questions aren't coming because they're surely coming. And they did. First up is Jordan Bowers at Jordan C. Bowers 1. What happened with Jerry and Jones and Fabian Lovett? Why are they going elsewhere now? Make no mistake, they were coming. Actually, they had both signed, but because neither one of them have started classes, Ole Miss can release them of those scholarships. They had signed. It was done. A stink was raised by Mississippi State. Conversations were had with the SEC, and honestly, I don't know if the SEC had much of any say in the final decision. But with Ole Miss just coming off of a multi-year NCAA colonoscopy, university decision-makers decided to pass. And among the factors were financial considerations, and Ole Miss, remember, suffered a devastating hit during that NCAA investigation, and it didn't even want to entertain the possibility of potentially losing the near $9 million in bowl revenue that's on hold in escrow by the SEC if anything were to come of the stink that Mississippi State was raising. That's it. That's the whole deal. Ole Miss people decided it's not worth it, and now they're gone playing devil's advocate i'm not saying that Ole miss is right or wrong and yeah I, I don't think they I, I i guess i disagree with them but what do you think they'd say to the guy that you know that, that's opinion is hey look you just took it from the ncaa for three years and now you're going to let mississippi state dictate your decisions again because i think that's not a i don't think that's an unfair question my answer to that would be yes with a little bit of distance from it but how close are they still to what they just got off of 
I could sure. understand then falling on the side of caution. I just can understand yeah. that line of thinking. Yes, you want Ole Miss to fight the SEC, to fight the NCAA, to fight Mississippi State. Because Mississippi State did not raise this stink about Florida State. They did not raise this no. stink about Florida with Dan Mullen taking a three-year starter at the offensive line. They did not raise the stink with Virginia. They did not raise the stink with Illinois. They raised it with Ole Miss, but we go back to the same old thing. Mississippi State does not care about a lot of them, the ones I deal with seemingly every day when stuff like this happens. Some Mississippi State people don't care if Mississippi State is good so long as Ole Miss is not good too. It's pathetic, and the person who perpetuates that entire cult-like mentality, he feeds off of it. But the bottom line, no matter what, is I told you Jerry and Jones was going to commit, and he did. Where else does this happen? <laughs> That's the thing. Where else does this happen? I told yeah. you he was going to commit. He committed because he'd signed. So had Fabian Lovett. It was done. I promise you on my life, it was done. But ultimately, with everything flying about, Ole Miss decided it's not worth the risk. You know who this sucks for more than Ole Miss? Jerry and Jones. And Fabian Lovett because yep. those kids wanted to go to Ole Miss. They did. Two kids that didn't want to leave the state. Now they have to. Now they have to. And that's unfortunate, but it goes to show you, supposed adults in the room, Legend. they want to use these kids for their own benefit rather than allowing the kids to do what they want to do. Because Ole Miss got involved. Remember, Ole Miss is the evil, evil monster in the room when it comes to Mississippi State. It's insane. It's insane. These are sports teams. It's not a big deal, especially when you look at what everything else is going on in this country. This is not a big deal. But Steve Robertson would have you believe that is the most important thing in every one of those Mississippi State fans' lives, and that's pathetic and sad. I'm done talking about him. Hunter Kinneberg, at Hunt Kinneberg, why does Marcus Woodson not miss? Because of his deep-rooted ties in Mississippi. This kind of feels like it fell in his lap, too, right? Well, he was in there no matter what. And remember, sure. they initially got a commitment from Fabian Lovett, too. But sure, Marcus sure. Woodson is from this state. He has deep-rooted ties in this state. In my opinion, of every single recruiter in the last 10 years that has recruited this state primarily, he's the best. Unfortunately, he's been at Auburn. Now he's at Florida State. Ole Miss has entertained the possibility a number of times of bringing him on and yet has not pulled the trigger on it. It's yeah, bizarre. they should probably do that. Next time you get the opportunity, yeah, you should probably do that. But here he is again. Why does Marcus Woodson not miss? You know, you know the answer to that. <laughs> Recruiting infrastructure. At Dan F. Miller, same general question. Did Mississippi State block the Jones and Lovett transfers? No, because they're not allowed to block transfers. That's right. not something that any school can do anymore. He continues, right. did Ole Miss decide to avoid even a potential fleeting glance of the NCAA, of NCAA attention? Sure, yep. yeah. Did Lovett just pick FSU and then convince Jones to come with him? No, that's no. not how that worked at all. Fabian and Jerrion are friends, sure, but they didn't really influence one another. That's not what happened. Again, Jerrion committed. He'd already signed. So had Fabian Lovett. They were released, and now they've gone to Florida State. Dan F. Miller, I'll preface this by saying I'm not taking shots at three-star talent, but, and the but always follows with, I'm not saying it, but I'm going to say it. Are the three-star commitments the Ole Miss staff are taking based on their evaluations, telling them there's more value there, or is it just a product of the current recruiting challenges? Their own evaluations. No staff takes kids just to take kids. You just said that no staff takes kids just to, just to take kids like Hugh Freeze didn't exist. Well, Hugh Freeze did it to his defense <laughs> in 2017 when all the NCAA stuff was coming to a head. My man was calling recruiting like for 247 and rivals and trying to find kids. Yes, but that was unique. Lane Kiffin in year one is not taking kids to take kids. But look at Breedlove, who just committed. Look at his offer sheet. Yes, he's a three-star, but he picked Ole Miss over Auburn and LSU, and he had an offer from Georgia, Mississippi State, any number of offers, a huge offer sheet. I don't know why he's a three-star. I don't do the recruiting rankings, but I grant you, you need to be landing four-star and five-star kids. Every coach that doesn't land those kids with regularity is going to say stars don't matter. They do matter. They matter. They matter. It's dumb to say that at this point in time because you look at the last, I don't know, Six, seven, eight, nine, ten national champions. Yeah. Most every one of them has finished in the top five regularly in recruiting rankings. LSU, Alabama, Clemson, doesn't matter. They finished in the top five in recruiting rankings. Recruiting matters and landing four and five star talent, that's a big deal. Alabama takes three stars. 
if you're Lane Kiffin, you're going to get your fair share. It's a little worrisome. It's June, and you only have five commitments, and you lost yeah. one on Monday, so four commitments, public commitments. You look up and you got four commitments. It's not great, but also you've got to you know rationalize the, the set of circumstances that they've dealt with too. Um, so I think it's probably unfortunate what's happened, especially in the first year of the staff. But I don't think it's probably time to overreact. You were mentioning you know the the teams that recruiting the top five or the teams that won the national championships last ten years. It is amazing to me that Clemson must have some some really good assistance. The way Dabo opens his mouth and talks and is still able to recruit. It's amazing to me. Josh Simpson at JL Simp S3. Why did Skyler and Marie get so much screen time on Breaking Bad? They were awful. I think Skyler initially was supposed to be a sympathetic character. I don't know why she was so unlike. The first time I watched it, yeah, you didn't like her, but that's because you viewed Walter White through the lens of an anti-hero, right? Mm-hmm. That you were wanting to root for Walter White. But when you rewatch it, which I did recently, Walter White is an awful, awful human being. So Skyler then becomes what she was supposed to be in Vince Gilligan's vision, which is a sympathetic character. Marie, too. Marie is sympathetic, man. Hank treats her terribly when he's cooped up in his bed, shining rocks. Marie is great. You're not supposed to actively root for Walter White, but we're so conditioned watching TV to root for those type of dudes that we did. We rooted for Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano (laughs) sucked, but we rooted for him. When you rewatch these shows, you start to understand how they affect the people around them and you're more sympathetic towards them. So they got a lot of screen time because the original visions were, these are the people you should care about. Look how their actions, and Hank was great. Hank's the best character in Breaking Bad. But look at how the actions of Walter White impact Skyler, who was not a bad person. And he made her into his own monster. He made her complicit. That's fair. I never thought of it like that, but I've not rewatched it either. No. That's a hard rewatch. It's a really, really hard rewatch. Because like the third episode, they're dissolving a human being in a bathtub. Yes. And then it falls through the floor and they're cleaning up acidic, <laughs> disgusting leftovers of a human being on the floor that they're cleaning up. It's awful. It's a hard watch. A really hard watch. Harder than The Wire. And The Wire is a really hard watch. R.I.P. Wallace. Brian Green at Brian G 1214 since you're golfing now and Neil McCready and Rivals Chase are golfing with pros, why don't you guys do a fun charity scramble match for each site? Winning sites, charity should get all the donations. Well, I played golf with Chase two weekends ago. Neil has sworn <laughs> he's never playing golf again after Sunday. He just doesn't enjoy it, and that's fine. As long as you don't pick me, because uh, I've never shot golf in my life. I have actually entertained with Bradley Sal the possibility of doing some type of content. He has a golf simulator in his house. Okay big time Ole Miss guest and bring them in and videoing it in the golf simulator, asking them questions and then competing that way. That'd be fun. But Bradley Sal is really good. Maybe we'll get Brad out on the golf course. We'll go Braden and Chase versus me and Brad, but we got to get strokes because Braden's awesome. Chase is sneaky damn good. Chase can play. You mentioned that. Um, I was thinking the other day, you you mentioned this before, the the PlayStation, you know, like playing Ole Miss players and stuff and and talking to it. You can obviously talk over the, the stream and whatnot and, have a conversation during the game. I actually think that would be a pretty good idea. Kind of fun. It'd be tough for me to guard my mouth. (laughs) Cause out there on that scramble in that tournament with chase, I cussed a lot. I love to mess with chase. I get really competitive with chase too. Cause y'all got to understand something. Me and chase have known each other since college. I get really competitive with chase. Unlike any other person that I've come in contact with on this beat and chase is better than me at golf. So it was frustrating as hell. It was tough. Do you, do you, like, if you lose to him in golf, do you, like, challenge him to pick up basketball? Oh, I was trying to get him to come home and play ping pong with me because we played New Albany, and my house was really close to the country club. I'm like, come on, man, let's go play ping pong. Let's get these problems. Yeah. Michael Luker, at Luker Michael O2, play me in the show. I haven't played the show in months. Really? Yeah. All right, I play online, and I play on a TV, and apparently you're supposed to play on a monitor because I am a terrible hitter on the show. And I moved to a monitor today. And my, my hitting has absolutely skyrocketed. So apparently that matters. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. I hadn't played it since I talked to Hayden Dunhurst for this podcast. That was the last time I played oh, wow. the show. NCAA, I picked back up NBA 2K. I'm replaying Spider-Man again because I love that game. Okay. Y'all are going to make fun of me. I'm a big-time comic book nerd, too. I've got Emily <laughs> watching Daredevil, the show, which is awesome. I love Daredevil and Spider-Man. I'm a nerd. Todd Watkins, why do people use golf as a verb? Because we've heard it for so long. 
I think that's a universal golf thing. Yeah, I was just saying, I don't think so. I'll continue to do it. I don't hate on it. No. People say I'm going grilling. I'm going to go barbecue. <laughs> Blue collar, comma, hard nose. That hard nose 15. What's a bold prediction for each big three sport in the upcoming year? Okay. Uh, baseball goes to the College World Series. I, that's my most confident one. Uh, basketball wins a NCAA tournament game. And football goes 7-5. and five. Stadium on Monday came out with their college bowl predictions. Ole Miss was predicted to be in the BBVA Compass Bowl, the Birmingham Bowl. I don't think BBVA even sponsored them anymore. So I'm going to say, as my bold prediction, because I agree with the College World Series, I believe Ole Miss basketball will be an NCAA tournament contender. Didn't say they were going, but they're (laughs) going to at least flirt with the potential bid to the NCAA tournament. My prediction is Ole Miss will do better than the Birmingham Bowl. Seven and five. If you go six and six, that's the Birmingham Bowl. No, yes, yes. The Liberty Bowl would kill for Ole Miss next year. I was talking to – look, I'm not as good of Ole Miss historian as I should be. When's the last time they went to the Liberty Bowl? Gosh, I don't know. Have they been? Oh, they've been. I just can't remember the last time they've gone. They've not gone in my lifetime, I don't think. Yeah, you're young. Steven Smith, at Steven Smith underscore 15. Who's a team you'd love to have a home and home with in the three major sports? Baseball is kind of not a big deal there because, I mean – I mean, the home and homes in baseball doesn't really matter to me. Like, you play a good team. Um, football is Notre Dame. I mean, if I'm getting to pick literally anybody for basketball, I mean, Duke. Notre Dame has always been my football dream school. It used to be USC, but Ole Miss is going to play USC in the Coliseum. That's yeah. going to be awesome. Huh? It's Notre Dame. In basketball, it's North Carolina or Duke. Either one. In baseball, I'm like you. Because the best baseball environments are in the SEC, and I've been to them. Right. Yeah, What's yeah, the yeah. best uh, non-SEC baseball environment? If you want me to be completely honest, um, and I haven't been to Texas, Louisiana Lafayette, and, and I'm being kind of dead serious because that place was rocking during that Super Regional. Um, I, I'm just trying to think. It's nowhere out west. ACC? No, like, I mean, Florida State's fine. Um I would say Louisiana Lafayette, and I'll get – I think people will probably disagree, but I'll stand by that. And we went there and saw it. Yeah. Experienced that one. Virginia maybe? I don't know. Nah. Tyler Keith at Tyler K 82 Your favorite people from the southeast of Oxford are now saying Ole Miss is yet again under NCAA investigation. Oh, Truth God. or more bulldog shat from the mutts. They're on probation. They really want to go down this road again. It won't go like they think it will. Clean up your own house. It won't go like it did last time. Y'all pretend like y'all have clean hands and you don't. I hate this rivalry. I truly do. I hate it. I'm tired <laughs> of talking about it. I'm tired of even thinking about Mississippi State. I haven't heard that. If you want some ammunition for them, they're on probation. Really want to go down that road with two of their assistants currently in Oxford. <laughs> Tampering is a level two. Level twos do bring the NCAA into town, but I promise you the NCAA doesn't want to come back to Ole Miss for a while either. <laughs> Patrick Pettit, at Pat underscore pathetic. Could you guys expand or give any insight into the theory that Mississippi State has all this pull inside the SEC office? <sighs> they're just the loudest voice in the room, and they're constantly complaining. So Yeah, just think of, just think of them as the kid, the sixth-grade kid that just, you know, is annoying. Yeah, they're Randall in recess, constantly bitching and complaining, but only when it comes to Ole Miss. Dan Mullen, the most decorated head coach in Mississippi State history, poaches one of their players, a three-year starter, nothing. Why don't you care about Mississippi State leaking like a sieve right now? How Mike Leach is losing players left and right. Why are you not worried about that? Why are you worried about whether or not Ole Miss is being successful? You're saying they're only worried about Ole Miss? No, they'll snitch on Alabama, too. Bo Davis says, what's up? We're going to get right back to Colin Brister in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions brought to you by Modern Woodman after we hear from Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman and B&A Bank, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. 
That's your modern woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Scott Pilot at Scott Pilot. You're set to retire or your give a damn has finally given out. On a scale of one to Steve Robertson, oh, it's never going to stop. How crazy are the stories you could release? Outside of Freeze, there's not anything like set the world on fire, though. When Ole Miss went to Cincinnati, new evidence comes out. Oh, Rod yeah. Green's dad gave money <laughs> to Leo Lewis. The NCAA investigative team, they scramble, they come up with a bullshit excuse, and they get away with it. Why? Because they get to write their own rules. If that right there, that insane story, doesn't get any traction, I don't know if any story I tell you will top that. I've got some nutso stories. Real life is stranger than fiction. <laughs> Beham Ole Miss Club at Beham Rebel Club. How did first-year quarterbacks fare under Levy and Kiffin systems? Is Levy strictly a quarterback coach, or will Kiffin use UCF concepts in the Kiffin offense? Levy's going to get to call plays. Kiffin has not denied that, so my assumption is Jeff Levy, who said it himself, that he's going to call plays, is going to call plays. How have they fared? It's pretty easy to look it up as far as Kiffin is concerned. We don't have all the time in the world to really dive into this. But Kiffin's quarterbacks, he's adaptable. He can pretty much take yeah. any quarterback in his system and fit his system to that quarterback. They've all been successful. Look at Blake Sims as the best example. Blake Sims was a quarterback that got moved to wide receiver slash running back, got moved back to quarterback because Alabama needed some depth, did not expect him to start, and he threw for, what, 4,000 yards? I think quarterbacks, no matter who it is, whoever the quarterback is, he's going to perform. Beham Ole Miss Club, any new news on Ant or TK? Barring injuries, do you think the pitching staff will be the best staff ever in 2021? Nothing new. I'd say Anthony Servideo is going to get drafted high and be gone. With Tyler Keenan, I think there's a 50-50 chance he comes back, which sounds a little bit like a cop-out, but it's not because not too long ago it was reversed to where we were thinking that Anthony Servideo was going to be the one that had a 50-50 shot, and then Tyler Keenan was going to be the one that was absolutely going to be gone. But now those odds have evened up, and Anthony, because of all of the pre-draft noise around him and the check-ins and the scouting reports and how much attention he's getting. I don't think there's any doubt that Anthony's going to go. The question with Tyler from a lot of scouts is whether or not he's a first base only player. And if he's a first base only player, what's the true draft value there? And uh, I think that's what right. leads to some doubt about his draft potential. His number is also really, really high. Um, I think if you made me guess today, Tyler Keenan is a part of the 20, 2021 Ole Miss baseball team. And you know, I could be wrong. Um, and, that's, that's a guess. But if you put a gun to my head, I would say he is back next year. Uh, is it the best pitching staff ever? I think it's the best pitching staff in the country next year. So I would probably have to say yes from an Ole Miss perspective. Before Bianco, there is no staff that would compete with this one. Going into it, three established weekend starters. This good? Pomerantz, Irwin, Biddle was really, really good. Biddle got hurt. Other than that. I mean, technically, Pomerantz and Lynn were in the same rotation, but Pomerantz was a freshman. Lynn wasn't overly great that year. Um, so, yeah, I think it's the best staff Ole Miss has ever had, and I think it's the best staff in the country next year. Beham Ole Miss Club, basketball prediction, Sweet 16. I'm not going down that road ever again. I think they compete for the tournament. They're going to have a shot at the tournament. Far better shot than this year. Brian Snow, 
the National College Basketball Analyst for 247 Sports, came out with his transfer rankings on Monday. Number two was Romello White. Number four was Domencio Vaughn. That's going to pay dividends. I do have some questions about outside shooting, but as far as where they are right now going into the year, they accomplished everything they needed to. If you just go look at Shewers at the end of the year, I think he got a lot better when people kind of had given up basketball because they were, you know, whatever, 4-12 and 12 in the league or whatever. Um, his stat line does not look as awful as I thought it did when I went look the other day. There are way too many games where he was a complete non-factor offensively. Sure. And he shot 20 points lower from the free throw line. That's a big deal for his game. Jack, at Jack Hackett 10, can Kiffin make his imprint on the program over a summer? Not this summer. When's he getting back? It's time. He's really shown no hey, interest baby. in getting a house here yet. He doesn't like Oxford. But that's another story for another day. Dave, at Gunboat Dave, why do people have such high expectations for Dan Mullen this year? And do you think that Lane Kiffin can pull off a win against a middle-tier SEC West team this year? Also, should I buy a flight to Houston for September 5th? I don't think he'll be able to go. Yeah, I don't think he'll be able to go. Dan Mullen, because his Florida team is the best team equipped to overtake Georgia in the East. There's no other threat. Agreed. Um, holler at me when Dan Mullen wins a game of significance. Until he does, I think Georgia's going to win the East because Dan Mullen doesn't win division championships. And absolutely, Lane Kiffin could pull off a win over a middle-tier SEC West team this year. Absolutely. They're going to score <laughs> points as Ole Miss offensively. Yeah. Texas A&M, Tommy Ole Miss College Station gives them fits, sure. Or Auburn comes in here week three and almost is able to put up a few points. Yeah, I can see that. Of course. They can absolutely do that. I think Ole Miss is going to be pretty much competitive in every game. Whether that lends itself to more wins than losses, your guess is as good as mine. But I do yeah. think there's enough talent on this team to where they can be competitive. And if you believe Lane Kiffin is a significant step up for Matt Luke, which everybody believes, then yes, there are going to be times where Ole Miss – is competitive in a game maybe it's not supposed to be, or it wins one of those games. Remember, they're four and eight last year, and that staff just wasn't very good. And yet they're four and eight, and they had yeah. an opportunity at Texas A&M. They had an opportunity against a number of different teams and couldn't pull it off. So yes, I believe they'll do that. Crew Jones at Crew Jones one hundred. If you lost the bet and had to tattoo a highway marker on the back of your hand, oh god, it never ends. What highway would you choose? Highway seventy eight because that's always been the highway home for me. Adam Kuffner. At a Rebel Kuffner. How's the golf game? Yeah, it's fine. I was golfed out after that tournament that I told you about with Chase. I was just golfed out. We were out there right. at 9.30 to 6 in the afternoon. Had no interest in I went back and all the progress I'd made wiped away. <laughs> Lane Kiffin's visor at S underscore Kiffin. When can me and my visor make flight plans for the Baylor game? Like definitively. I suppose my visor is a carry-on. Hashtag LFG for let's freaking go. I don't think you're going to be allowed in the game. Well, Lane Kiffin's visor is going to, but the person behind this account, I don't think you're going to be allowed in the game. I don't know if they're going to allow fans to be there. Maybe it's half capacity. Will you be one of those people? Who do they open tickets up for? Hold on, Ben. If we're only letting 25% of people in here, why is the city of Houston going to put this game on? There's no benefit. I think there's a possibility the game is in Waco, Texas. Or Shreveport or something like that. But no, I don't think you should be planning any type of trip to the Baylor game until you find out how they're going to distribute tickets because I highly doubt or where it's going to be. We know it's going to be on Sunday now. Yeah. Until you know definitively how they're going to go about handing out tickets, I would do nothing. I wouldn't plan anything. Nobody knows <laughs> what they're going to do with this. They're just now getting kids back, and they're not even at full capacity with kids in the Manning Center right now. You really think they're making decisions on that? I mean, I think they're operating as if they're going to play that game as normal because that's just what you do right now, knowing that you're ultimately going to have to have an alternative once you get to that point. It almost doesn't have to get to that point yet because they've got time. I don't see the cost benefit for Houston hosting this game. It just doesn't make sense to me. Stephen Willis, at the Stephen Willis. We're kind of busy with the death of America at the moment. Ooh. But talk about the quarterback race and how you see it playing out if you want to. I mean, I don't really want to, so okay, I'll just skip over. Sharky Freshwater, <laughs> Jordan Brand Unis, Italy Blue Jerseys. What do we got to do to make this happen? Online campaign. <sighs> hey, look, the Snyder Cut is being released on HBO Max of Justice League. So if that can happen, anything is possible. Charlie Cox playing Daredevil in the MCU. Community actually getting it six seasons in a movie. Jordan Brand Unis, 
Italy blue jerseys for Ole Miss. Let's make it happen. Come up with a hashtag. Let's get it rolling because I'm all about it. Give me the jump man and give me those powder blues. I can't care about uniforms. Then you're no fun. Larry Joe at Larry Joe 8. Is the next disease COVID-20? No, COVID-19 <laughs> is because COVID is a strain of virus, a new strain of virus, and 19 comes from when it originated, the year it originated, which is 2019, COVID-19. Do they name diseases like Madden games? No, I just told you how they name diseases. If so, when we get contagion franchise mode? Okay. John Caleb Wilson at John Caleb Wilson. Will Lane stay past four years? And in his offense, who will be the two to three superstars, assuming the O-line blocks well? Sharon Ely, um, Lodgemore. I think they're going to force feed the ball to him. Do it? Does he stay more than four years? Yes, sir. I think he does. I think he's. I think he's here till he can't win anymore. And so I think that's going to be longer than four years. I don't think there's any way he's here after four years. Okay. I just don't see it. Maybe you I'm just overreading the situation here. I just don't see it. And it doesn't matter think, if you're an Ole Miss fan whether or not he stays four years. And I'll tell you why. If he wins enough to leave, you'll be in such a good position that you can go out and hire pretty much anybody that you want to. If he loses, the fan base won't care because Keith Carter took that shot. Hey, Keith, go take another one. You'll be in the same spot you were in when you were hiring Lane Kibben. It couldn't get much worse than that. So you've seen the worst it can be. But if it works, whether or not he stays after four years is irrelevant. Whether or not it works you're still going to be in a good place to hire someone. My thinking is, and you obviously know more than me about this, I just don't – look, there's there's only a handful of jobs that are better than Ole Miss. So if he's leaving because he won a whole lot, I don't really think he's going to USC. I don't really think he can go to Alabama. Um, can't go to Tennessee. Uh, so it just kind of – the options kind of feel limited from that perspective. That's a really good point. What are the options? What would be tempting for him to leave? Which schools would take the chance on Lane Kiffin like Ole Miss did? Texas would take it. Texas is a really good idea. Oregon is a really good idea. Virginia Tech? Yeah, but why are you leaving Ole Miss for Virginia Tech? Why does anybody do anything in college sports? <laughs> Justin Fuente wants to leave Virginia Tech. On paper, you only have to get through Clemson if you're at Virginia Tech. If you're at Ole Miss, you got to get through Alabama, yeah, Auburn, you- LSU. I get what you're saying. You got to get through Alabama, Auburn, LSU, but you got to get Alabama. And I know LSU did what they did last year, but it's Alabama, right? Like, if you offer any coach in the SEC West one like a win, they're picking Alabama every single year for the rest of time. Florida State. Okay, I'll listen to that. We'll get right back to Colin Brister in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about the newest sponsor of Talk of Champions, Brennan Chapman. Yes, that Brennan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford and Olive Branch. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Brennan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford and Olive Branch. That's right, Brennan. He spent eight years on the football staff at Ole Miss as a recruiting analyst, as he detailed brilliantly in a recent interview on this podcast. But he's out now. He's out of the game, having joined the family business, where his goal is to be with you through every step of the car buying experience, from purchasing to financing to servicing, all the way to the purchase of the next vehicle and the one after that. When you arrive on the lot at Homer Skelton Ford and the Branch, you'll quickly realize that this is a family business, which I can personally vouch for because I recently went through this process with Brennan. And I can safely say, if you're in his area, there's no one better to contact to help you find that car you've been searching for through someone you can trust. So reach out to him today at BrennanChapman.com. That's B-R-E-N-N-O-N Chapman.com. Whether it's shopping new or used, Brennan can help you out. That's Brennan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford in Olive Branch. At Glassface Scum, y'all ever thought about setting up a breathalyzer machine for Yancey and set a limit he has to be below before he posts? Well, okay, I, can we make it the inverse? I would like to make it, you know, higher and he has to be above it before he posts. I wonder what this is in reference to specifically. I think what they're doing is the, apparently he said Fabian Lovett was in Oxford and had already signed a lease on his apartment, which isn't as crazy as it sounds. What if I told you Yancey got that from the horse's mouth? Yeah, I'm just telling you that. Fabian Lovett thought he was going to Ole Miss until about Friday at 5.30. Michael Luker 
Is it frowned upon if I skip my chancellor's leadership class for basketball and baseball games next year? I mean, it's not my fault they scheduled it for 6 p.m. on every Tuesday. It's a good point, Michael. Um, I am pro-skipping class, and I probably shouldn't say that as a teacher paid by the Mississippi state of Mississippi. Uh, I am pro not going to class in college. <laughs> I was my, like literally the first thing I learned, like when I walked into a college campus or walked on to, into a college classroom, was like, "All right, what's your attendance policy?" Because I'm using all my days. I was the same way. Thankfully, I went to school a long time ago now compared to you guys. Because now y'all have really strict attendance policies. I would not adhere to any of them. I would be failing classes. <laughs> I had a teacher in journalism. His name was Marvin Williams. He was a great dude. An awesome, awesome dude. One of the kindest teachers I've ever come in contact with. But I could fool him so easily. Because I was interning in the Ole Miss Athletics Media Relations Office. And I was also working for Rebel Radio and the DM. And I would tell him, just make up something. I've got to go cover women's rifle for a 1.30 p.m. practice or something. Just make it up just so I didn't have to go to class. I still made an A in the class because it was an easy class, but that's just really crappy to do. Now, David Kellum, the voice of the Rebels, had a class that was the easiest class I ever took, and David just knew what was up. And it was the best class. But Marvin, Marvin was great, but it was easy to fool him. Nancy DuPont's class was fun. I actually went to that class a lot. I think that was my video class. And my uh, partner in that class was Brian Smith. And now Nancy doesn't even like me. Yeah, I was just say she got mad at you not too long ago about something. It's a really stupid reason. I saw it on Twitter. I can't remember what it was. The Twitter thing came after she got originally mad at me. And this is what she got mad at me for. We were in a press conference for Hugh Freeze. One of her students, she sent her there to ask a question of Hugh in the press conference. Amidst all these questions we had about stuff that was going on, be it practice week or game before, whatever... The stuff you read about, Coach Freeze, do you ever think how much different your life had been had the Tui's not stopped and pulled over and picked <laughs> up Michael Orr off the street? Because <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, because the blind side. That is an absolute true story, folks. A hundred percent. The protagonist in that story doesn't hate it because he was mis mischaracterized. COVID's a bummer no matter what. But it's a real bummer, too, because I had an interview set up, an in-person interview with Michael Orr because he was going to come in town for the Grove Bowl, and we're going to do it together. We're just going to sit down in a room and talk, and I've got to reach back out to him. But Michael Orr was going to come on this podcast, and a big part of what we were going to talk about is how much bull crap the blind side is. I Which, wonder if, like, the, the rec part with SJ was true, because that was, that was a big deal. People forget. Most all of that was bull. <laughs> yeah. But she asked this question, and everybody in the room kind of rolled their eyes. I mean, everybody that covers this beat on a daily basis, me, Neil, even Parrish, sweet, kind Parrish. We all kind of just laughed at it. And you my, handled it well, if I remember right. Yeah, we made fun of it a little bit. My tweet wasn't nearly as harsh as some others' tweets were. But Nancy, because she knew me, because I was one of her former students, came at me hard, and my tweet wasn't even that bad. Wasn't even that bad, but the bottom line is, I don't compare myself in my field to a doctor. That's not what I'm doing. I just want to use a very simple analogy. If you sent a medical student into a surgical suite while some doctor, some surgeon was performing open heart surgery and she grabbed a knife and stabbed the dude in the knee just to see what it looked like, <laughs> he'd probably have a problem with it. We, had, we were there to do a job. She got sent in there. She asked something stupid. We made fun of her. But I wasn't particularly harsh, and I was nice to the girl before and after the question, even poked fun of her afterwards, and she seemed to take it well, but apparently she did not, and Nancy certainly did not. And she's held that grudge against me ever since. I don't know how we got here. I really don't. Oh, so it's it's not it's not been forgiven? No, no. She hadn't talked to me since. Well, I've really not run into Nancy, but I just find it funny that I'm the person she took issue with. I'm the one. It doesn't matter. Who cares? But Michael... My suggestion to you, do what makes you happy. I didn't want to walk at my graduation, but I was the only Garrett brother of three to graduate college at the time, so my entire family made me. So I wore flip-flops like I always do and went and walked. Yeah, I, I had to go. I had to walk at my college graduation, but I watched, I remember this vividly, I, I watched Ole Miss and Kentucky play baseball on my phone during graduation. Good for you. That was that was what I wanted to do. I told them if I had to go through this, that I was going to watch them play baseball. 
And our ceremony was in the middle of the grove. And they told us, you walk across the stage, we practice this, and then you walk back to your seat. I walked off the stage and walked right to my family and I said, all right, let's go eat, because I was done. So you didn't do the, uh, like, journalism graduation? Yeah, yeah, I did it. Oh, okay. But I, I walked across the stage. I didn't go back to my seat. I literally walked off the straight <laughs> stage straight to my family and left. See, we had the... Uh, we had what are the, they going to do to you? Sue you? What kind of trouble are you going to get into? They're going to arrest you for not adhering to particular policy? That's one thing yeah. that I always think back to. You know, it, your brain... Well, most people don't know this, but if you deal with crippling depression and anxiety and all these terrible things, like I have my entire life, it's getting a little too real, but it's true. Your brain screws with you. Your brain plays tricks on you and reminds you of all the bad things that happened in your life that embarrassed you. And there was this one moment in high school that we did this production in the middle of a pep rally where the cheerleader coach got me and a couple other football players to do some type of performance on stage. I don't want to say what the performance was because it was so embarrassing to me. We do the performance and we got booed. Oh, man. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. It was awful. And I think back to that, and I remember we all had opposition to doing this, and we all told the cheerleader coach, we don't want to do this. We're not going to do this. And she yelled at us, said, you're going to do it. And we all did it. What was she going to do if we didn't? You go back and you say, why didn't I just leave? I didn't have to do that. Same thing with graduation. Same thing with your chancellor's leadership class, Michael. What are they going to do? What's really going to happen if you decide to go to basketball and baseball games instead? Nothing. Nothing. Enjoy your life. We're going to get this kid failed out of school. <laughs> Blue-collared, comma, hard-nosed, at hard-nosed 15. I know his hiring was controversial, but how have you viewed Glenn Boyce up to this point? His statement on the statue was needed. Can't say anything bad about him. I think he's done well. Yeah, I mean, you can you can in one breath say that the uh, hire was a farce and should have been done a whole lot differently, and in the same breath say that I think he's done an okay job. Murph the Smurf that surfs at Murph Surf Murph. Any of y'all coming up for the Ole Miss Dayton game? I doubt it. I don't travel for long distance basketball games. But if Ole Miss were in the play-in game for the NCAA tournament again, I'd certainly be up there. That was one of my most fun experiences ever. We go to the play-in game. Ole Miss is down by 20. So we're all assuming that we're going home the next day. Mm -hmm. And then Stephen Moody goes off, and they come back and they win. We all have to book flights to Jacksonville. We drive through the night to Nashville, fly to Jacksonville, and then fly back home after they lose, and then drive home from Nashville. That was tough, but I'll never forget that. It was me, it was Hugh Kellenberger, it was Neil, and Neil was following me, the car behind me. Back then, I had a really heavy foot. And mm. Neil said, I'm, I'm going to follow you, we'll get there quick. I said, don't worry, man, you just stay with me. And he said, maybe five minutes into the drive, I'm just in the distance. He said, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's just, that's insane. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so you beat Neil to Nashville by about an hour. <laughs> and that's what scares me to death, thinking about Gracie and Riley, because Riley acts like me, so I am screwed. <laughs> You've got to, like, and I'm being kind of serious here. You've got to get her in a car driving early and, like, just be, like, overbearing. I'm not even kidding. Part of my justification for getting that golf cart was teaching them how to drive a little bit. Yeah, it's probably not a bad idea. All right, Michael Martin at M. Martin CPA. Love to hear y'all convince me we are going to be okay on the defensive line this fall, assuming there's a season. It's my main concern, just due to the lack of depth and the high number of injuries at the position. Thanks. I can't convince you of that. I will say the first team unit, it doesn't seem that bad. The problem is depth. Because if you look at the first team unit, T. Tisdale, Ryder Anderson, I guess Katie Hill will be the other defensive tackle, yeah. and then Sam Williams. I mean, they have yeah. some good pieces, but they have absolutely no depth, and it's terrifying. Yeah, like once you say Katie Hill and Tariq is Tisdale, uh, what's behind them? Because I got nothing. That's why losing Fabian Lovett hurts so bad. Had he come in, gotten the waiver to be immediately eligible, it would have been huge. He's a day-one starter for Ole Miss. That's why they needed Lovett because, man, that, that defensive line, is it's not good. It's the least amount of depth I've seen on an Ole Miss-like position unit in a long time. That's a fun game. The only position group that I think is comparable was Hugh Freeze's first season when they went to the Birmingham Bowl, the offensive uh -huh. line. They had no depth. It was Justin Bell. It was the sixth man, and that was it. That was it. And they started the same five guys all year, which never happens. God, you know Pierce Burton was walking on, like, no cartilage. and oh, God. <laughs> they just get murdered, and they can't come off the field. That's one of those deals where when you look back, 
at some of the most underappreciated Ole Miss Rebels ever. Everyone talks about Bo coming and how important he was, which is absolutely true. Pierce Burton was huge. Ben, I don't know what they do if Pierce Burton doesn't come because Bo just gets killed over and over and over and over because they didn't have a right tackle. Even with Pierce, Bo still got killed. Yeah, yeah. So, so with that, not- I mean, and Pierce was awesome. Yeah. Friend of the pod, Pierce Burton, I got to get him back on. Emmanuel McCray is now the offensive line coach for Cahoma Community College, I think. So him and Bo are back together. Yeah. What the? Jake Rouse at Big Rouse. Uh Uh-oh, we're ending on a really tough one here. What's your take on the current social crisis we're facing? Hashtag George Floyd. I can start. I don't want to get too much into it because it makes me feel sad and hopeless. Mm -hmm. Especially Mm -hmm. when I see people I love say ignorant stuff on social media. But the short of Mm -hmm. my opinion on it is this. Wesley Lowry, a correspondent for 60 Minutes, he put it succinctly for me. The debate at the core of all of this is anti-racist protesters saying police commit acts of violence with impunity and the police saying, no, we don't. But judging by what you've seen this week, bad faith actors are trying to make it about anything else, which speaks to me to the political climate we're living in. One of divisiveness hate, polarization. We're all Americans. Yet, this country has descended into us versus them, and it makes me angry and sad and scared to absolute death where this country is headed because the other side of your political leanings, that isn't your enemy. The enemy is those who are eroding our democracy and our discourse, and anything else is exploitative noise. This is not a political issue. It's not. Whether you want to admit it or not, systemic Institutional racism still exists. And to not acknowledge it or to not speak up right now is to be complicit. I'm right down the middle. I have voted Republican. I have voted Democrat. I don't give two craps about which way you lean. I'm tired of the divisiveness, the awfulness out there. Every day you wake up, it's in a fresh new day of hell. I'm just so, I got two girls. I got two girls and I'm scared to death what our country's going to look like when Gracie's my age. It used to be that we could disagree and we could talk, but we can't talk anymore. We can't have a substantive conversation about a real issue in this country, just like with gun violence. This does not happen everywhere else. And I'm just tired of it. I'm just, I'm tired of all of it. I just want to be able to have the conversation and to not descend into something else about anything else. But that's what happens. And it's unfortunate and it's tragic and it's terrible and it just eats me up inside. And I, I hate it. But it used to not be this vitriolic. That we hated each other? Just because somebody doesn't agree with you politically? This is not a partisan issue. George Floyd was killed. He was murdered. We saw it on video. You know what we've really lost in this country? Empathy. And you know what took away empathy? Social media. Because social media, you get to bitch and moan with impunity and never have any repercussions for anything that you say outside of maybe getting banned every once in a while from Twitter. But then you just create a new profile. We have lost empathy. We have lost the ability to care about our fellow man. If Jesus Christ were here right now, he'd be marching with protesters. He would not sign off on looting. No one would sign off on looting. Why do we have such a visceral reaction to looting, but not the same visceral reaction to George Floyd being murdered on video? Yeah, that's always kind of been my thing with this is, is you know, nobody approves the, the looting and whatnot, but I wish that the people that spoke out so heavily against this looting uh, had spoke out last week when we saw him unarmed black man get his neck nailed on for nine minutes while handcuffed. There's a problem. There's a real problem. And it's okay to acknowledge the problem. It is not a partisan issue. This is nuts. And I've probably said too much and I'll probably get pushed back, but this is nuts. This is nuts to me. I mean, I can't disagree with anything you said. We watched reaction and I'm more, more concerned about the root of the, the protests and the root of the, the, the looting and whatnot than, than I am the actual uh, protests and the looting. I want to know uh, how we can go about, you know, making this a better place to live for, for everybody. I will say this. I, I do think there is a um, more cognizant effort to understand um, now than, than there was maybe three to four years ago. Um, I, I, and maybe that's just my subset of friends, um, and the subset of people that I see on social media. I do think more, more and more people are understanding that, um, I'll just say it, that black people and white people don't, don't live the same life. Um, I, I think that more and more people are starting to understand that. And I, I do think that's a good thing.
This has been a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, doesn't matter what you say as long as it's a five-star review. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Before we get out of here, David Johnson is at home. He's doing well, getting better, and that's awesome. I cannot wait for the first story that he puts up. Can't wait. It's going to be the most read story in Ole Miss yeah. Spirit history. It's going to be awesome. But he's doing well. A lot of you have asked me about David, and he's doing well. And it was cool to see Eli, his son, in pictures of Ole Miss players reporting on Monday wearing a shirt that said, Fight, Dave, fight. And Dave fought. Yeah, he fought, cool. and he continues to fight. And it's great to see. It's awesome. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll talk again. Absolutely. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.